Hello everyone, I'm Jinx Monsoon and welcome to a brand new episode of Hi Jinx with me, Jinx Monsoon. Today we are closing out the Chicago trifecta. <laughs> I've had James T. Lane, I've had Charlotte D'Amboise, and today I am having my friend Lana Gordon who recently played Velma with me in Chicago the Musical on Broadway, and now she is on tour with Town the Musical. So if you are living in a city where Town is rolling through, make sure you see Lana Gordon in Town as Persephone. But today, we're gonna talk about how she got to where she is in this wonderfully mixed up industry. We're gonna talk about how she represents her communities as a person of color, as a spiritual witchy woman, and as an all around talented motherfucker. It's Lana Gordon today on Hi Jinx. So buckle up, hunker down, and sink your teeth into some brand new Hi, Jinx. M. Oh. M. Mom! Hello everyone, I'm Jinx Monsoon, and welcome to Hi Jinx, a podcast where I, an internationally tolerated drag superstar, get to interview compelling and fascinating people about how they became who they are and why they do what they do. Today we are joined by actress, singer, dancer, and my personal Velma Kelly in Chicago the Musical, my sister witch, Lana Gordon. Hi, Lana. Hi, James. <laughs> How are you today? We're joining I love you. that. <laughs> <laughs> We're joining you on um, tour, right? You're currently on tour yes. with Town. Yes, I'm currently playing Persephone here in Providence, Rhode Island. We opened on Tuesday. I've been with the tour. This is my second week. Boy, it's a walk in, walk in a park compared to um, Velma Kelly. Not a walk in a park, but a you know, different kind of walk. <laughs> maybe, a, maybe a brisk power walk. Um, <laughs> um, so... First and foremost, um, so this is the kind of tour where you, you you go to each town for like a week or two weeks um, with the show, or is right. it more like, yes. you, okay, so yes. it's not like city, 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 it's like mini residencies. No, no, gosh, that would kill <laughs> Yes, 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 one week here, one week there. The the only downfall it is that our day off is spent, uh, our travel day is our day off. Oh, yeah. That's the only uh, downfall, if I can say. Yeah. But are you on a tour bus or are you flying? Well, most of the, well, well, right now, because we're in New England, um, it's pretty much busing because flying doesn't make any sense because we're quite near everything. Yeah. <laughs> um, although Rochester to Rhode Island was a seven-hour bus ride. I wasn't a fan of that one. <laughs> See, I like buses because I hate airports. Airports are just yes, absolutely. nightmares 
on earth. So, um, Mm-hmm. But yeah, you need you need a true <laughs> off day. And I definitely found that, um, you know, joining the cast of Chicago, the off days have to be sacred. You have to. So um, when circumstance makes it that your off days are also your travel days, how do you uh, how do you keep yourself feeling taken care of? <laughs> because you are very witchy oh, and you are all about self-care. You travel with yeah. an apothecary. Um, tell us how you take care of yourself on the road. <laughs> um, I have literally, I have all my Vimergy products. I'm not sponsored. Uh, I guess people say that, but I have all my Vimergy's products. I have my spirulina. I have my vitamin B12. You know, so I take my yoga, um, I, every place I find, I try to find a Bikram yoga place so I can like indulge and just get that, those toxins out that I've accumulated on the, you know, the travel day. Yeah. It's like, you kind of have to be, okay. So the voice is a very temperamental instrument and our vocal cords are just two tiny little, tiny little muscles but like if yes. if they have any if they have any kind of something going on with them it's easy to hear right away well for us you know for us on stage it's easy to hear maybe the audience doesn't hear it but it's enough when we hear it because then the mental gymnastics of right. how am it's- i going to get through this show how am i going to get through the week um and you've been doing it quite a while and you've got a voice like a laser guided missile now (laughs) (laughs) thank you is that from your opera training um because you 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 have opera training you wanted to be an opera singer (laughs) I did I did I I had a great teacher Melvin Jordan who uh taught me spiritually he was a spiritual teacher didn't teach me teach me technique more of a spiritual end and I don't know I don't I don't he was an opera singer himself, but um, I think that's where it comes from. It's just a lot of, I don't know, trial and error. Now, um, for for people listening who have never seen Chicago, Velma Kelly is a very dance-heavy role. And Chicago is referred to as a true dance show because... You know, it, it requires true dancers for the ensemble. And um, uh, I, I, from what I've kind of pieced together is they consider Velma to be a dance role, but Roxy can get away without being much of a dancer, <laughs> even though Charlotte D'Amboise is a brilliant dancer. Oh, um, my God. So, <laughs> so what came first for you? Um, we talked a little bit about your opera singing, but were you a dancer first? Has it always all gone together? Um, where did you find time to divert your efforts into into different schools of training? Well, I mean, I wanted to be a dancer since I was nine years old, and I wanted to be in the Ailey school, you know, Ailey company, excuse me. Mm-hmm. And then... Um, in college, I auditioned for the Ailey um, school and got in on yeah. scholarship, full yeah. ride. And then I got into the company, you know, maybe about three years later. Um, I really loved to dance. So it's always been like in my body. And then, of course, Lion King as a dancer. Oh, my God. Talk about dancing. 
<laughs> if I had to go back there, first, no, it just wouldn't happen. Um, <laughs> but dancing was my first love. And yeah. singing was, is something that I've, you know, my mom said I was always singing as a little girl, but dancing mm-hmm. was my, um, it's something that I can pull out when I need to. Yeah. And clearly when Chicago came along, um, I didn't know much about Fosse. So mm-hmm. I actually, I learned Fosse while on stage. Thanks to <laughs> David Bushman. <laughs> I believe it. Oh my gosh. I, I want to talk to you a little bit about the process of, joining a Broadway show that's already running because it Mm -hmm. is a breakneck whirlwind process. But I want to talk (laughs) a little bit more about you as a dancer because you are so athletic. And I I, I think you were talking about like um, part of your vocal support comes from being a dancer. And you are athletic in everything you do. And when I say your voice is like a laser guided missile, it's like, it's like that. It's like um, it's like a a, a a a batter on a baseball team. <laughs> like <laughs> like when you hit that ball, it just soars. Aww. And and you know um, that's not Thank to you. say. I mean, like you you have superpowers. And what <laughs> I love about you is you will have nights <laughs> where no one can hear anything wrong with a number you just sang, but you'll come off and you'll be like, I had a moment. And you like to have a moment to dissect and analyze that moment. And then you are so good at letting it go. And then it's like five minutes later, (laughs) you know, I hold on to things for a long time. If, If something goes weird in my first song, I'm thinking about it all of act one while I'm sitting there on the stage watching the scenes and stuff. But almost Every time I've been in my head about anything during my run, there you were to just go, nope. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely not. Forget about that. You let exactly. it go. Exactly. It's just a show and no one's going to know. No one knows. No one ever knows. <laughs> they just don't. Or, or if they know, my favorite is when something goes completely bonkers on stage and then afterwards they go, that was amazing. That one scene where everything went bonkers. How do you do that every night? And I'm like, that was <laughs> that was a legitimate mistake, but thank you. <laughs> right, right, absolutely. <laughs> and, you know, We, I think some of our, you know, I I talked about this a lot with Charlotte. I've talked about this with you and with you and Charlotte together, but you two are such generous performers. It's so easy to just get on stage without any worry. I don't like run my lines in my head because I know once I get out there with you, there. It's there. And that's and that's a real joy as an actor. It is magical and it's electrifying. <laughs> it's just such a joy. Um, where did you have you always been such a holistic performer? Um uh, or, or is this something you kind of picked up in your experience on Broadway? Oh, it's as what do you mean holistic as far as uh <laughs> the way that you go into a scene where it's like whatever is going on in Lana slash Velma's head that night, that's in the scene. (laughs) Yeah, I would say, I would say, I would say yes, but I think I've learned that because Mm -hmm. I used to maybe about six years ago when I did join the company, all I wanted to do was to finish the show (laughs) (laughs) because it was just such a, it was such a hard 
feet. It was such a hard thing to just, just to, I mean, I, you know, just, I just didn't want to make any mistakes. Yeah. And I was so in my head of like, if I make a mistake and that's, that's not, that's not living in the, in the moment. Yeah. If, if you're going to make a mistake, are they really mistakes? Yeah. As I told you the other day, I said, or the other day, it was, it, <laughs> you know, it was something that's, you know, a choice that you made that was not written in the script. It was not a mistake. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Was, um, so, no, I learned throughout the years to, to just let everything be. I yeah. still have my moments where I get a little anal retentive of like, oh, hope, you know, I can get it in my head. But when mm. you get in your head, then, then the, the little mistakes, quote unquote, happen. Uh-huh. Yeah, you know, it does snowball. I I have the tendency of like one, if I fixate on a blip or a mistake or a yeah. flub or something, then you make more, more flubs happen because I'm yeah. fixating. And that's something that I've dealt with and lots of actors deal with. But the cure to that is <laughs> leaning into your scene partner. Um, like Trusting. I was talking about with you. Yeah, like... Anytime I would get in my head, I would just try my best to put my focus on you or Charlotte. Or sometimes, you know, I I only have a few lines delivered to the audience. But whoever I'm in a scene with, and they taught me this at acting school, but you have to live in it for a a while before it starts to become second nature. Where you get out of your head and you put your focus on the person you're in the scene with. And it fixes everything because if you're if you're focused on the scene, if you're focused on your scene partner and you're living as your character, a mistake can be what you just said, a character choice. Like you can club a <laughs> right. line, but you, but you could acknowledge it as your character, like, you know, like with a gesture or with a grunt or something and then move Absolutely. on with the scene. And I think I've always known that. But I think I've learned it through practice, viscerally, in yes. Chicago. Yes, yes. It was a pleasure. It's been a pleasure performing with you. <laughs> um, as as uh, as Charlotte said, you, you made it fun again. <laughs> it, it was just it was a typical Charlotte thing to say, but I I agree. It was just I enjoyed coming to work. Not to say that I don't enjoy coming to work, but I just. You just brought, it was like opening night every night <laughs> with you. Well, we were, we were really, really blessed with really wonderful audiences. And if anyone listening to this. But that's because of you. It's because well, of you. It's thank a big you. circle. Well, thank you for thanking me. But it is a big <laughs> circle, you know, and it, it is like, I I feel like it's when, you, when you're part of a community and, and you make it to a level and I'm sure mm-hmm. you can speak to this, but, you know, there's this uh, dual action of there's this responsibility of being a representative from your community, making it to this level. But then there's also the privilege of knowing that you have that community support behind you, you know, yes. and I think that's the opening night energy that we were feeling mm-hmm. through the whole run was my community coming to celebrate me. And... um and they celebrated everybody else equally. I yeah, well, that's because that's because we're we're good people, but <laughs> <laughs> because we're amazing. <laughs> um, you and I have spoken some about 
Okay, so Velma Kelly is a character, especially all of the characters in Chicago um, have very archetypal um, ways of being cast and being played, largely mm -hmm. due to the fact that there was a movie made. And once a movie gets made of a musical, we've got to like kind of acknowledge the the movie's uh, choices because it's going to be in everyone's minds when they come to see the live show. Mm -hmm. And I think mm -hmm. that, I think that informs casting sometimes when it's like, are we going to go with what people expect or are we going to go against type? Mm -hmm. And I was having a conversation with you about how your Velma might read as against type because it's so your oh, energy yeah. and what you bring to your Velma is so different from the archetypal interpretation of Velma. However, I don't think it's actually against type because you are just playing the same character, the same attributes, but authentically to you as a black woman and then bringing yes. in what a black woman might have gone through in the 1920s in these circumstances. Absolutely. Absolutely. It rings so clear in your performance. And I, I want to know that. I didn't even, I didn't even know that. Go ahead. <laughs> I just want to know how you, um, how you devised your Velma. What was the audition process like and, and how has she grown and evolved through the last six years you've been playing her? Well, I started in Germany um, playing this role as Velma Kelly in German. Yeah. Um, so when the production did not take me to Berlin, and I was the only one not going, the only uh. principal not going to Berlin, I was quite devastated. Uh. And I remember um, online speaking to Gregory, um, dance supervisor, dance extraordinary, um, saying, Hey, you know, crying on the other end, <laughs> you know, they don't want me to, you know, yeah. <laughs> and then he asked me, he said, Hey, would you be interested in auditioning for the Broadway <laughs> production? I've said, yes. <laughs> and, <laughs> and then I went into Duncan Stewart's office and he said, this never happens, but Amber Faye is leaving for seven weeks. Would you like to audition for Velma in front of Walter Bobby? And I said, Yeah. So I went out and I got a dress, shoes that were too high to perform in, <laughs> but I got them. <laughs> um, went in, I looked at the board and I saw my name in Chicago and I didn't see anybody else there. And I said, well, there's got to be other people auditioning. It was only me. <laughs> I had a three hour audition. I auditioned for um, musical director um, at the time, David Bushman. Um, and then Walter Bobby came in at the end. <clears throat> and I remember that like it was yesterday. I did the audition and they threw Sister Act, which is my sister and I, and that, that one. Yeah. Call it Sister Act. And they threw that at me and I really didn't know it. I knew it in German. <laughs> <laughs> so I really didn't know it in English. And I remember the musical director saying to, to um, Bushman, said, uh, you know, Lana's going to have a hard time because speaking the language, <laughs> I'm like, but I am American. But I mean, because <laughs> I had, you know, he had it common. I, I would hate, he had it common, you know, yeah. different <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> So Walter Bobby came in and they threw everything at me and Walter Bobby gave me some notes and they said, okay, thank you, Lana. You know, that thank you, that kiss of death, you think that yeah, you yeah, get. Yeah. And they're like, 
just wait outside. And I, w- I waited outside and then Duncan brought me in and says, welcome to Broadway. I'll never forget that. I mean, that's the first. It doesn't happen all that time, but all the time. Yeah. But he goes, wait, wait, what? You know, the, the white, you know, Barry and Fran have to make sure and check off on you. But, you know, it's, it's going to be good. It, but yeah. And then I got a call when I was in Connecticut um, on a Sunday. He called me from London and he says, welcome to Broadway. It was wow. my official. So um, I even st- I still have the recordings of my rehearsal mm. of the first day in the theater mm-hmm. and, and the recordings of my fitting. I was looking at it the other day and I'm like, how much I've grown as, as an artist. Um, mm-hmm. I believe that because I've jumped from other shows, I did Hades Town, I've done Color Purple, and each time I've grown as an artist because I've done different leads, I've come back to Chicago, and I mm-hmm. have more of a story to tell because I am confident in what I am doing. Yeah. I believe uh, Velma Kelly is a, it, it takes time to get to know her. Mm-hmm. Um, it's taken me six years, and now I feel as though I know her. Yeah. I knew her six years ago, but I know her now because she is me. She's part of me. She's part of my journey. So all of the, um, all of the imperfections that I've had or whatever, all the nuances that I brought to her, I believe comes from the hardships that I've had in my life, Mm -hmm. the loss that I've had in my life. I think all of things living in my, really living, not, being so anal, like I can't do this, I can't do that. You no, know, living, living my life, living, living my truth, coming back to sh- Chicago each and every time, mm-hmm. and I'm grateful for that. Um, has um, I believe my Velma has really blossomed. so wonderful working with you from day one you're I I say the word generous about this cast (laughs) a lot because the cast is extremely generous and I think that there is a comfort and an ease backstage because of how long the show has run and it's such a well-oiled machine there's just it's so easy to have a good time in this show and Everything you just said about like the way a character can evolve when you get to spend that kind of time with it. It's also like if you're open to the experience, your character can evolve in a small amount of time. Like I'm about to close 10 weeks and my mama from, I mean, like she's the same person, but every moment is so much more informed because I had time to live with her. And a really big thing that's a, fun thing of Broadway that, you know, I was nervous about at first, but has been such a privilege and a joy as an actor to get to do this is I've now played with four different Velmas and I, <laughs> and I learned something from each Velma that then I take into the next Velma, but then I have to adapt. And it's like, we get like, you know, two, three scenes together. There's, there are little, they're short, sweet little scenes, but I love doing the work of informing every little moment in those scenes and it gets more and more informed with every performance and with every new Velma, with every new Roxy. You just have to be open-minded to it. And I think, you know, when we, uh, 
when we aren't inspired in our work, it's really easy to go into autopilot. I never even, I never felt autopilot creep in on me in this show because just everyone is so active and present on that stage. And, and I think it really, you know, like when it was you and Charlotte, it was very clear that it starts with you and Charlotte and then the rest of the cast and, and James as well. James T. Lane, amazing, amazing, generous, yes, incredible performer. Yes. The three of you leading the cast, it was like, Jesus Christ. <laughs> it was a tight ship we it were running was a tight ship <laughs> um steven Gruse, who uh gave me many uh stories to ask about with charlotte last week gave me one to ask about with you and all he said was i need to ask you about the nala story from the Lion <laughs> King on Broadway. <laughs> oh, honey, it goes down in history. Lana, watch your back. Lana Gordon knows your track. Um, <laughs> now, before I, we get into this, is it funny that your name is an anagram for Nala? Isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes, yes. <laughs> you didn't even know that, but uh, yes, it is. <laughs> um, Heather Headley, who I bow to to this day, um, I watched her in the wings. I was a dancer mm -hmm. in the Lion King. And um, she had fallen and twisted her ankle. Mm. And both of her understudies were out. Mm. I said to dance captain at the time, I said, I know all her lines. <laughs> and I went on that Saturday night. Wow. Without any rehearsal. I put on her costume and I remember stepping away from the tribe and feeling the brightest light I have ever felt because as an ensemble member, you don't feel that light. Yeah. Yeah. But as a principal, you get that light. <laughs> and I said, this is what I want. So um, I became her understudy after that because both of her understudies were out and I was not a, a cover. It was not, anything so i i i learned her i would go home and 180th street and sing shadow land the leaves have fallen at the top of my lungs because i had a corner apartment so yeah. i could sing loud and i learned her role not because i wanted something to happen just because i admired her so much yeah wow you That's know my story you know and it fits so well with um a story charlotte told um about you know when she got Roxy she uh she knew she wanted to play Roxy and she had been called in for Velma and we talked about Velma being a dance role and Charlotte's right, a dancer right. so she she played dumb and pretended like she had gotten the wrong size and she thought <laughs> and then she played dumb the whole time and she's very good at playing dumb and that problem she is. <laughs> she's very good at playing dumb anyway <laughs> What? What are you talking about? <laughs> <laughs> there's, there's this, um, there's this secret sauce I'm discovering, of, it's not, it's confidence, yes, and it's self assuredness, but it it goes deeper than that. I think it's like when you know in your bones what you're supposed to be doing with your life. Yes. Heaven yep. help anything that tries to stand in your way. You know, yep. <laughs> like I have been on a trajectory since 
as long as I can remember to lead me to this point. And it really feels like you are similar in that regard that like, yep. And, and yes, the way you've been on stage has morphed, uh, you know, dancing, singing, acting, but it's very clear that you knew you, you belonged on stage and you absolutely do. You're a powerhouse. You're, Thank it, you. <laughs> it's funny. I was just talking to someone about how I was saying, well, Lana's not that much. Lana's not any taller than this person or that person. But why do I feel like Lana's so tall? And then we were like, it's just because Lana takes up all of her space. <laughs> like, <laughs> see? Yes. It is. It's incredible. Yes. You're a force of nature. Um, I, was thinking the other, I was thinking the other day when I was on stage, because we're doing this ch children's show at 11 a.m. <laughs> and I was not going to give them an 11 a.m. show. Yeah. It's just not in my bones. <laughs> and, you know, and I, I hold the note for a lady from the underground, I hold it and my colleague says, so surprised that you would hold the note as long as you do when you hold it. I said, but they're, they're deserving to, to mm -hmm. get my full show. Mm -hmm. I, ra I, I raise, my bar is so high. And then I'm like, why didn't I set it so high? Because <laughs> I, I have to be at that bar every night. And that's, yeah. and I think that's the beauty of, of how I work, I think. I think it's the beauty of how you work too. You know, <laughs> I, I've only recently even begun to entertain the idea of holding back when I need to, like, I'm telling you, like, and it's only, right. it's only, but we had a big conversation. Not even a big conversation. Um, <laughs> most of our conversations are in passing or me walking <laughs> to your dressing room on the way to mine. Um, but uh, we were talking about how it's not holding back if you're giving the most you can give in that moment. It's not really At holding back right. if you're right. protecting what you've got and giving the most of what you possibly can, but not going shooting over so that it becomes a problem or that you make the problem worse, you know? <laughs> right. Absolutely. Right. <laughs> um, so... What um, you've uh, hold on? I'm going to pull up my notes real quick because we've talked about we've talked about Hades Town. We've talked about the Lion King. Oh, I want to ask you this. Um, I'm the only one like concerned about not even concerned is the wrong word. I'm the only one thinking like spending time backstage going. There's got to be a through line. There's got to be a common thread here. But um, you are you you've played Persephone before. Um, on Broadway, you're in the touring production now, um, and you've come back and forth to Velma many times. And now, um, the person taking over Velma soon mm -hmm. is, mm -hmm. um, the actor who was playing Persephone in mm -hmm. Hades Town on Broadway. Mm -hmm. I want to know, is there a common thread between these two characters that it would make so much sense that the Persephone's and the Velma's in these two shows are playing musical chairs with each other. Well, it's crazy. I, I'm, I'm wondering this. I think maybe because, you know, <laughs> Persephone is, is a queen, mm -hmm. but I don't think there's any, I don't know. I guess that's a good question, but I, maybe, <laughs> maybe, maybe. <laughs> um, yeah. Earlier I was talking about, um, you know, kind of 
when you reach a certain level, um, sometimes you become a bit of a representation of your community. And I think that Broadway, like all mainstream media, has been taking necessary steps forward in inclusivity and diversity. Um, but like all forms of media, has a, 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 a lot farther it could go and a lot more work that can be done. Um, what has your experience been like on Broadway as a person of color? And um, do you feel responsibility? Do you feel support? Do you feel anxiety, you know, representing your community on the Broadway stage? Mm, I feel like um, there's, I've, um, I feel like during the pandemic or mm. during Black Lives Matter, I think uh, there was a conversation. Mm-hmm. I think the conversation is a little bit less think we can do some more work mm-hmm. with keeping that I, I um I don't know I, I uh, as a black woman I don't know I, I I was talking to one of the um the people in the um he opens the door for us I don't even know what his name is but um I should know his name but um he was saying he said yeah you you black guys yeah you you arrived you're there he said because they don't they don't they don't like they don't like this. There, so it's still, mm-hmm. it's still very real. Yeah. In this, you know, it's like you know, how long can we stay on top? I mean, I mean, I don't know. It's, 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 that's it's, as a black woman, I I feel as though I'm I'm very grateful that I've gotten the opportunities that I have gotten, but I still think we do need to do some work. Oh, absolutely. Um, and that we don't need to just continue to have, you know, the token black person in, in, in a Broadway show. Absolutely. You know, gotta have one, you know. Yeah, that's what I was going to. Or, or or the shows that are coming, they come and they last a year and then they close because there's not enough um, publicity for us. Yeah. It does seem like, I mean, and this isn't just, this isn't a problem just on stage. This is something we still face in like pretty much every form of media, you know. Um, In America, it's like, it has always been the thing of, you know, this idea that if a show is all people of color or, you know, an all black cast, that the broad audience won't be interested, even though there's countless shows that are all white people and we expect everyone to know about those shows. You know, it's like Friends is all white people, but it is a part of our zeitgeist, you know, and Mm -hmm. in living color (laughs) is not the same story, you know, Um, and that's the publicity you were talking about. And, And then, you know, we're at this point where the problem is being addressed but then it leads to tokenizing. And um, one thing I really love about our cast of Chicago is that it was diverse without feeling like there's some diversity. Exactly. Like, look over here, here's some diversity. (laughs) You know what I mean? It didn't feel like- See, we're doing it. We're doing it. It did not feel like a tactic. And part of that 
is the genuine and authentic nature that it's the direction of letting each person play the character authentically to themselves. Because yes. there was no similarities between Amorphae's Velma and your Velma in the way that you interpreted them, but they were equally, they were just equally, um, they were equally Velma. They were equally Velma. Yeah. And Bianca Marroquin playing a completely different Velma from either of you, equally Velma. And yes. when, when you have like a production that allows for that, it's yeah. really magical because you get to see people playing their authentic self and the character at the same time. Have you, beautiful. Yeah. Have you had to fight for that? Has that come? Is it part of your superpowers or have you, <laughs> when you were a young performer starting out, were you always this unapologetic or is this, is this after, after the lifetime on stage that you've lived? I believe, yes, I've always had that in my soul, my being. Mm -hmm. Yes, I was raised by a really beautiful mom who just taught that the universe is what keeps you. Just be kind and be open. Mm -hmm. Grace. <laughs> I remember I asked her, because uh, she was a teacher, an English teacher, but she also loved gardening. She was quite extraordinary you know mm -hmm. house and gardens kind of woman I mean, incredible nice i asked her i was you know maybe eight seven eight i said mom why do you garden and she said to me and i'll never forget it brings me closer to the universe mm. here's my mom telling me that so it's just you know <laughs> i just believe yeah. that i i've just lived my life and and i don't know i just want to be happy yeah i want to lead with lead with joy uh. in everything that i do and look at the and look at the beautiful things about it and be the change that I want to see. Yeah. You absolutely yeah. do lead with joy, but you are also you are sharp. You are you just <laughs> you're hard to describe Lana Gordon because you are so sweet and kind and caring and also stern and sharp and serious. You are this beautiful <laughs> dichotomy of someone so incredibly disciplined. <clears throat> Thank you. Excuse me. I, I, yes, <laughs> I appreciate that. <laughs> someone so incredibly disciplined and yet ready to have fun and play around. Yeah. And that is, it, it's just, it's really, I, I have to assume it is why you are so brilliantly successful um, because you just got it. You got it all going on, lady. <laughs> Likewise. <laughs> Likewise, you, my classy lady. <laughs> you um you recently got married. You're still yes. a newlywed. Uh, I know. Uh, so um your partner must be used to you um you know, eight mm -hmm. shows a week on Broadway. You might as well be on tour. You know, you spend a lot <laughs> of time away. Um, how have you how have y'all navigated that and how do you continue to navigate that? Is there any extra pressure now that now that he um, put a ring on it? <laughs> right, exactly. Well, we, you know, he spent two years in um, almost two years in Puerto Rico. He had a job there, mm -hmm. and um, how we made it work was a we had a great place down there. But 
I made sure, we made sure that we kept the relationship alive with a lot of um, FaceTime. Mm-hmm. Um, so we did a lot of that. Um, now he's back in New York City with his other job. Um, and now I'm away. <laughs> yeah. So we do a lot of FaceTime. Yeah. Um, but there's a lot of love there and a lot of trust. Yeah. And uh, love. Love being love the there. key word. Yeah. You got to yeah. love someone to love someone. <laughs> yeah. And also to, to be, to let them fly, let them, let them do yeah. their thing. Yeah. You know, um, this, this business can be tough. Mm-hmm. Um, it can be. You know, even I was telling this young little girl, she was like, how do you, you know, how do you do it? And I said, even when you're at the top, you're going to wonder <laughs> how you can stay up there. You know, mm-hmm. what's the next thing? If you can have that, like, drive to, like, know that, you know, you're going to have your ebbs and flows and stuff. But mm-hmm. keep going. Keep having that determination, that drive and that passion. Yeah. I have the passion to do this job. Yeah. Oh, my God. This job without passion? Then you just feel like a party clown, you know, a birthday. (laughs) That's right. (laughs) If there's no passion, yeah, you just feel like a tarted up. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Party clown. Um, We have a common uh, commonality in that we both collect crystals. Um, Yes, yes. I have the one you gave me. What? Oh my God. I have it right here. I you gave yours. me this right before you left for your two week wedding excursion. Right. Um, I've got a, a, um, I've made it very well known that um, crystals and stones and rocks are my favorite gift. Um, so that's, I've got a whole little like plate over here, a little wooden bowl basin thing full of stones I've been given at the stage door. Um, this is, Okay, if you, Lana, with your consent, I'm going to say to the audience, we'll edit it out later if you don't want this, but if you go see Alana Gordon production, this lady <laughs> loves stones. Bring her stones. Yes. <laughs> She's wearing a, t- is that, that's your amethyst or your rose quartz? It's my rose quartz. Yeah. I thought I left, that I thought I left in the other hotel and I was like, hi, I lost something. I was in 601. <laughs> and, um... And then I found it today in the in the suitcase. I must have just oh like gosh. threw it in as I was packing. But I love that you remembered that I had the amethyst. Yeah, yeah. You. Oh my gosh. Well, uh, my my uh, listeners can't see, but you don't just wear like a crystal around your neck. You wear a honking chunk of rock around your neck your uh, amethyst uh, yes. is even bigger um it is <laughs> so that was because one of i'm our... wearing pink today but you know that's yeah I'm yeah yeah the rose i love <laughs> i love it it was one of our first um connecting moments and and it's funny for i i love that we go out on stage and we play these two broads and then we go backstage yeah. and we're talking about what supplements and stones <laughs> <laughs> Which is yeah, blues, and I gave you some yeah. blue, and I give you some blueberry juice, and you're like, "That was the best blueberry of my best blueberries." It's just blueberries. <laughs> yeah, and I was like, "It's great for the throat chakra." You know, the color. I'm thinking, yeah. I'm thinking mystical. Like, if, if we need something for a vocal cords, should we drink something green or, or you know, have something red? You know, <laughs> to open up these to align ourselves. Mm-hmm. That's where I am yeah. in the mystical world. <laughs> and then the vocalist. We're like birds. We're birds. It's very delicate. Birds. I mean, what a beautiful instrument that we have been given. 
Mm-hmm. So you we know, must take care of it. Yeah. And I, I do, I've come around. See, I like, I always found musical theater actors, even though my whole goal in life was to be in musical theater. Um, when and now I, look at you. <laughs> when I was in Seattle after school, I went to Cornish College, but I didn't grow up in Seattle. So I was plugging into the musical theater scene after college in my early 20s, where everyone else my age had like started at the regional theaters there and the kids theater there. They had climbed the steps as a young person to lead to having a a job at the Fifth Avenue Theater, which is our big musical theater, regional theater in Seattle. And lots of shows go from, get developed there. Hairspray was developed there and then went to Broadway and Aladdin was developed Mm -hmm. there and went to Broadway. And so it is a chance for Seattle actors without having to move to New York to get to discovered get an and yeah. get, yeah. So it's, it's big time. It can lead to big things. And it has for many Seattle actors. Um, and uh, I was coming in so late in the game with all the same kind of training, but just, I didn't know anyone. I wasn't part of this tight knit community of 20s Broadway hopefuls who had grown up together and all performed together. I felt like such an outsider, one. But two, I was also like the drag queen queer person who's like working at nightclubs the night before our like 10 a.m. rehearsal and stuff, you know? (laughs) And I always felt like I was like the Satanist amongst Mormons, you know? (laughs) 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 because they were all so like they were all so and I I I really resisted that mentality of like oh my voice is a gift and my voice is an instrument because I felt so like I'm not one of those people I'm not one of those musical Mm -hmm. theater actors here's the truth kids when you (laughs) hit your 30s it doesn't care whether you believe it or not your voice gets so much more temperamental and gets so much more delicate and you can't run around and act a fool like you did in your 20s and still be able to sing the next day. I'm letting (laughs) y'all know if you want a career in this business, you got to learn that the the party does affect the work. (laughs) (laughs) I've learned that. Yeah. (laughs) You had your wild days. I I, I was reading oh, in my notes. You you did a. Let me read this correctly. In the summer, I'm going to read it just word for word, and I want you to talk about this. In the summer of 1994, Lana worked for three months in Yokaichi, Japan, as a soloist at a prestigious restaurant and lounge where she performed popular standards and show tunes to the region's upper class clientele. Oh Can we talk God. about this job? What was this job? <laughs> green as green as they come. I was the greenest, greenest, greenest singer. I, yeah, I was singing like I will survive. It was like a. It was called Sona Banana. I was in Yokaichi, Japan. When I ever like, oh, I, I butchered green. that pronunciation. <laughs> Yokaichi. 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 And I was like, I okay. Yokaichi, yeah. Japan. Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, I remember getting this job. My friend says, Lana, you sing in the shower all the time. And I said, yeah. He said, well, this woman's looking for a singer for Japan. 
And I remember <laughs> for Japan, she, I left my entire career as a, as a um, dancer with Donald Byrd. I remember he was pissed. He was like, I was like, I'm leaving. He was like, what? You're just getting it now. And I'm like, yes, but I want to be a singer. <laughs> and I, I got on the plane to go to Japan. And I remember the, the, um, the owner took me to, I got off the plane owner took me to a karaoke bar so he could hear me sing. He said, pick whatever, <laughs> what you want to sing out of the book. So I sang Evergreen. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> oh, God. So I'm going back in my archives and saying that. And then I went on the stage and um, sang like a lot of, uh, you know, I, you know, first I was afraid, I was afraid, you know, all this, you know, all the stuff that yeah. people could dance. But I, my, my strong point was my looks. Mm-hmm. I was really tall. <laughs> <laughs> and I wore a ponytail. I mean, I had pictures, ponytail with, you know, um, a fake ponytail with a black, you know, just uh-huh. all the way down, you know, tight dresses. And I was sexy. My singing was good. A green. And I remember this girl came in from D.C. She blew me out of the water. <laughs> and I remember calling my mother and I said, Mom, I said, the singer's come in. She's she's incredible. She's singing with Houston. She's just incredible. My mom says, well, you can either learn from her or be jealous. Mm. So I learned. Mm-hmm. And I remember she was at the bar. She sat, she sat next to me. And I remember she said, she turned to me. She had her cocktail and she said, that was good. <laughs> and I climbed, I climbed. I got better yeah. and better. But honey, oh yes, Japan. Um, for, first thing I want to say to that story is <laughs> you had a moment with me after your two weeks away getting married, um, congratulations again. Uh, Thank you. <laughs> you came back, and before we did our duet that night, I said, I, I've i learned a lot <gasps> yes. in the two weeks that you've been away, and I can't wait to show you what I've learned. And then we did the duet, and our duet was already good. Our duet was already good. <laughs> but there were Funny. things I had found um, with working with Amra that I was excited to bring into our yes. work together. And then after our duet that night, you turned around and went, okay. <laughs> <laughs> and that was Honey, my, we, that was my woo. version of your story of that was good. Um, <laughs> oh, oh, come on, please. You're fabulous. This oh. role, I mean, yeah. <laughs> oh, thank you, Lana. Favorite um, mama. I, I was I, sad to leave. I was sad to leave. I'm sad that I'm not going to be able to be there when you leave, leave. I know. But, you know, I have learned in this life, especially when you have the joy of abundance, when you have the privilege of abundance, you have to put less importance on certain days or you have to let the days be what mm. they are. Kind of like what mm-hmm. we've been talking about this whole conversation. Mm-hmm. You got to mm-hmm. let things be what they are. For instance, my aunt, I don't know if I've told this story on the podcast or not, but my aunt 
who was, you know, she was my mom. My mom was my mom and my aunt was my mom and my grandma was my mom. I was raised by a small coven of witches. They all taught Beautiful. me different things. They all provided different things to me. But my aunt, I always say, was like my spiritual mother. That's who, she's who I learned who I was from. You know, like she's who mm. gui guided me, saw the things that I already loved and guided me more towards them. And so she introduced Broadway into my life and her and my grandma uh, my grandma bought my aunt and I tickets to my first Broadway show when I was nine years old. It was Rent. We didn't know anything about it. We just knew it was a Broadway <gasps> show touring through town. Oh, I was nine years old. I didn't nice. get it at all. Yeah, it was, you know, <laughs> I didn't get it. But I knew I wanted to do what they were doing. And so, you know, my aunt has fostered my love of theater, my love of singing. Um, she was the only one helping me get to dance classes back in the day and all of this stuff. And her health doesn't permit her to make such a big travel from Portland to New York. So she's unable mm. to come see the show. And it's a little heartbreaking. And also yeah. we just have to accept that if I still want her here and in good health, it's not worth, you know, putting the mm, pressure. Sacrificing, right. Exactly. It's like, it's not worth putting the pressure on it to risk her health. And that's like, yes. you know, we have to learn to just let things be okay with certain things not being the way we maybe hoped they would be. Or another big thing is learning that some, ex some expectations we have in life are are put there by our society, not by us. Like, yep. you get to decide yep. what's important to you. You don't have to celebrate va Valentine's Day with your husband if you don't want to, if it's not important to you, you know? That right, doesn't make right. you a bad spouse. It's you that can get Christmas shit. presents every day. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, I just, I feel like I've learned so much from you, Lana, and I'm so excited that uh, Likewise. my audience got to hear us have a conversation. Um, I want to know, before I get into my compulsory questions, I ask every guest, I want to know, um, what are some dream roles you're, you're, you're looking forward to in your life? <laughs> Let's manifest some things. The witch. Yeah, I want that for you, too. That's one of my dream roles. And I, I think I even said to Joe backstage, one of the dressers, I said, now the witch is one of my dream roles, but I can't play the witch before Lana plays the witch because Lana has to play the witch. <laughs> She's got to play that role. You would just make such an incredible witch. Just your just voice alone. It would, <laughs> it would challenge me, and I want to challenge. Yeah. I want to grow. I want to grow even more. Mm -hmm. And I think that would be a, a, a huge growth moment for me. Who knows? That's one <laughs> of my dreams. Um, to also um, do something new, like create a whole new role, like mm -hmm. like be part of something quite brand new. That would be pretty exciting. And also TV and film. Who doesn't want TV and film? I do. <laughs> yeah, t TV and film. Come on, that's a good gig. And, you know, I, I have a feeling you would be like um, like how I feel about doing TV and film, 
which is I love doing TV and film. It's a wonderful acting challenge. It's a wonderful experience. And then my in the back of my brain, I'm always thinking, and it's going to lead to more work on stage. <laughs> yes, yes, absolutely. We are there. We yeah. are there. <laughs> So, Lana Gordon, <laughs> I have com uh, compulsory questions I ask every guest. Um, okay. Are you ready to answer them? <laughs> oh, God, am I? Yes, I'm there, ready. It's nothing salacious. You're fine. <laughs> first okay, question good. is, first question is, who is your celebrity crush today? Oh, my God. Celebrity crush? Oh, God. Oh my God, what's his name? <laughs> oh God, I should know. Can we skip that and go to the next question? <laughs> we'll, we'll come back to Celebrity Crush. Next question is, and we've touched on it some, but go ahead and um, go ahead and lay some more on us. Are you spiritual? <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> I, I, Absolutely. Wish, I wish my listeners could see just you twirling your hair with, um, what is that? What is that? Agate? Aventurine on your ring? <laughs> What's oh, that big? It's a labradorite. Labradorite. Giant labradorite ring. <laughs> Giant rose quartz hanging. <laughs> I mean, you can like rocks and not be spiritual, but what kind of life is that? Um, <laughs> um, uh, my uh, my next question for you is, uh, what's your go-to karaoke song, which feels like such a funny question. <laughs> I know. I was like, Evergreen. No, I would say River Deep Mountain High, you know. Oh, River just Deep River Mountain Deep High. Mountain I mean, High. <laughs> yeah. Now, that would be my go-to everything song. I'm sure you sing that brilliantly, but can you remember when the American Idol auditions, when American Idol was the thing, and everyone sang that song at their audition and it would make me, yeah. oh, my blood would boil when it was yet another, um, uh, uh, <laughs> another flat singing white girl from the Midwest. Love it. Um, okay. Have you thought of a celebrity crush? I thought of mine. I don't know if I've said him before, but I'm going to say him again because he's worth repeating. Blake Griffin is my <laughs> celebrity crush I'm today. Blake Griffin. You know, I, I, gosh, I, the, I, it's, he's in my head, but I can't remember his. What did he do? It begins with a, t gosh, <laughs> he's so sexy. If you give me a second. <laughs> he's so sexy. Oh my God. Oh God, I'm like wasting time. I should have known oh, this. Why did you? Don't worry. We'll. <laughs> She's typing. She's googling. We're getting to the bottom of this. Who? Who's this hottie that Lana likes? <laughs> I mean, he's so he's such a great actor, and I think that's what it is. It's like I'm. I'm every time he comes on, I, I follow him instant instantly. Um, I don't know his name. I don't know his name. Oh, geez. It's like Targon or what's his name? Targon. <laughs> name? I don't know. I know. You haven't so said bad. a single thing that he does. We, we can help you. But, Give us but, clues. But, but, 
What God, what show do you watch him in? What movie have you seen him in? The on? I don't know. My brain. Look, <laughs> I've done an 11 a.m. show. I've done an 11 a.m. Show, show. Maybe we'll just pick a different celebrity. <laughs> <laughs> no, we're going with Targon. Is, is it Karen Egerton? Yes! <laughs> wait, wait, Karen. My, I love you. Wait, say his name again. Um, it's T-A-R-O-N-E-G-E-R-T-O-N. How are you in my head? Yes. <laughs> Targon. Why do you... Yes. <laughs> okay, so now we're going to... I Right now, I'm going to screenshot this sh- stuff here. <laughs> How did you know that? Because Joseph knows pop culture. <laughs> oh, he's like, to me, like... My, I think he's just, not only is he a phenomenal actor and a chameleon at that, he's super sexy. (laughs) (laughs) I think that was the most fun I've ever had getting to the bottom (laughs) of an answer to a question. Uh, (laughs) Oh my God. (laughs) <laughs> Lana, where can my you don't know uh, one thing? <laughs> where can my listeners find you on social media? Oh well, I, I've i I'm on all platforms. I'm on um, Instagram at Lana Jean Gordon. Um, uh, what's it called? TikTok, which I love. <laughs> Why am I so addicted to TikTok? Because it's it's endorphins. It gives us endorphins. It's the um, well. I learned so much. It's the same mentality of a slot machine. Did you know that scrolling is the same mentality as a slot machine? You do this and you get a little gratification, and you do this and you get a little. Oh gratification. well, then I'm I am grat. I mean, it's I'm like, should I watch a Lifetime movie or TikTok? TikTok. <laughs> Here, wait, hold on a second. My my TikTok is Lana Lovey Zero. <laughs> Lana Lovey Zero. Is it the yes. number zero or is it spelt out? Yes. Okay. No, it's it's an, it's the number. Yeah, okay. right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't know why it's like that. One, you know, my friend was like, Why is it Lana Lovey? I was like, Well, I don't know. I was new when I got the name. My mom used to call me Lovey. Lovey. Uh, Lana and Gordon. I think that's it. Fa- Facebook, but you know, I've I have so much, so many friends on there, you know, that's you can't I, only have about 5,000. I'm like, but I have more than, I have I, more than 5,000. I don't want to upset anyone, but Facebook, uh, anyway. Um. <laughs> well, we all know. We all know. That's the way I keep in touch with my family that. Yeah. Yeah. You know I, mean. <laughs> I think that's true for most people. Yeah. Lana J. Gordon. <laughs> Lana Jean Gordon, thank you so much for being here. I love you so much. Oh my God. This is not the end of us collaborating, working together, our friendship. It's just the beginning. Um, I I just, I have nothing but the most heartfelt admiration for you. You uh, you were a wonderful scene partner. You're a wonderful friend, and you are one hell of a performer. Thank you. You are just, you are just on, uh, 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 I don't know. I don't know where I'm finding you at in your trajectory, but it is only beginning because (laughs) I can only see the most wonderful things for you. You're just so great. Thank you. I feel the same for you. (laughs) (laughs) Have a wonderful rest of your day, Lana, and have a great tour. You too. I love you and, and have a great show tonight. Thank you. 
Bye. Bye. And thank you all so much for listening to Hi Jinx here on the Forever Dog and Moguls of Media Network. My name is Jinx Monsoon, and we have new episodes every Wednesday, so make sure to search for Hi Jinx on your favorite podcast app and hit subscribe. You can follow me at the Jinx on Instagram or at Jinx Monsoon everywhere else. And I'll see you next Wednesday for some more Hi Jinx. Oh. Mom. To listen to Hi Jinx one day early and ad free, sign up for Mom Plus at mompodcasts.plus. Hi Jinx is produced by Moguls of Media, aka Mom, hosted by me, Jinx Monsoon, and produced by Joseph Shepard. Editing and sound design by Will Pitts. Executive produced by Willem Belli, Alaska Thunderfuck, Big Dipper, and Joe Cilio.